brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's a new year, so why not treat yourself to a PW Torch VIP membership and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed and a ton of VIP exclusive audio shows such as the new Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE series that I record throughout the week dedicated to a focused look at WWE news and a focused look at AEW news along with commentary, analysis, and Q&A with VIP member listeners. Plus our post-pay-per-view VIP exclusive roundtables and so much more. Plus over 35 years of archives of podcasts, radio shows, newsletters, articles. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. Tells you all about membership. So why not make 2022 the year that you enjoy all the benefits that come with a PW Torch VIP membership. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. 
But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Well, Andrew, it's another week here on the All Elite After Show, and it's another busy week. Quite a few things to talk about. Uh, but first of all, how was your new year? How, how has been your welcoming into 2022? Oh, man, I had to, like, think for a second what I did on New Year's. I I, I think I once again didn't really do anything because of the COVID. So, um, yeah, pretty uneventful so far. Yeah. Yeah, we had a small gathering at my mother's house. It's her birthday on New Year's Eve. So we got some Chinese food there and... Uh, that was it. Came home, fell asleep long before midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Hung around the house all day Saturday. Actually watched the WWE. Oh, it's not a pay-per-view anymore. It's a premium live event. Yeah, I'm very confused why they're calling it that. Uh, that's just a new... Is that just what they're going to call all pay-per-views? It sounds like... Yeah, that's how they're all listed now. But, like, I, I don't know why... Just call, We're so accustomed to calling the pay-per-views. Who... Who cares if they're not technically? I mean, I guess technically they are still on pay per view, but it's called yeah. pay per views. What are we doing? Yeah, like it showed up on my uh, Sling TV. Like you could order it for forty five bucks. Like, which you'd have to be an idiot to do. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still pay per view. So, yeah. yep, not a premium live event. I mean, they just they make such stupid names. Uh, yeah, they do that all the time, and they just run with it. And uh, I mean, sometimes you get used to it, and sometimes you never do, like sports entertainer and uh, all that jazz. Exactly. Uh, well, we have a lot to talk about, uh, and of course, one of the bigger things, probably the biggest thing this week that we have to talk about, is the whole Big Swole story from over the weekend. And I'm sure yeah. you've heard about this, but to fill in people who who don't know, uh, let's start with. There's a lot of layers to this, so I feel yeah. like we've got to kind of go through it one by one. But let's start with what she said and Tony Khan's reaction to it. Uh, she essentially had two criticisms uh, of her time in the company. Uh, number one, she said that there was no structure, and if you basically, if you can't write for yourself, you're not going to get on television, and, and you're not going to be used that there was one guy in charge. There wasn't a team full of writers. And if you couldn't come up with your own stuff, which some people are uncomfortable doing, you were not going to be utilized on television. And then she also brought up a, a lack of diversity on the show. Tony Khan replied by naming all of the black wrestlers who he's given a win to on his show 
over the last month. And then basically said he let her contract expire because he thought she sucked in the ring. <laughs> uh, I forget the exact, I could look up the tweet. I think he uh, said that he let her contract expire because her wrestling wasn't up, wasn't where it needed to be or wasn't good enough yeah, or something, something like that. Yeah, something to that effect. Oh my God. Like, uh, we could talk about her criticisms in a minute. Let's start with Tony's reaction. This is something that you and I have talked about quite a bit, but here's another example, once again, of this guy acting like a petulant child when anyone criticizes criticizes him. Here's someone who's in his company, somebody who you'd think he'd want to have a dialogue with and and, and have a conversation with about, about this stuff. That's what a leader would do. Instead, reacts, again, like a petulant child in... Name the, the the five black wrestlers he's given a win to in the last month, and then basically said, she, she, "What her leaving was not mutual. I let her contract expire because she sucked." Like, gr- just when I saw that on Friday, I was like, "Oh my god, this guy needs to grow up." Yeah, uh, I, I remember like reading a headline on a website, and it was like, you know, something to the effect of like Tony's like worst tweet ever or something like that. And I, I'd seen stuff like that before and I was usually like, eh, it wasn't that bad. But reading that, no, that was his, his worst one ever, I would say. Um, yeah, I just, I don't see how somebody in like that position can do that. Um, it's just like he's, you know, he's a billionaire and, he, and he's like, you know, punching down on people. Um, he should have just said something to the effect of like, hey, like it didn't work out with Big Swole. Like I appreciated her work. Uh, listen to what she said. Like he doesn't have to, specifically agree or disagree with their points. Just yeah, like, I mean, you know, he almost yeah. doesn't have to say anything. Yeah. I mean, you can start there. I, I think a lot of people in his position probably wouldn't say anything. And, and if you want, if he wanted to respond, fine. You know, I, I don't even have an issue with him responding. Maybe he really felt like she was not telling the whole story. He really felt like he needed to defend himself. Mm-hmm. You have every right to defend yourself, but I think you need to do it. And he obviously needs to do it a little more eloquently and with a little more thought. I mean, she laid she laid out her point pretty eloquently. Like she wasn't sitting there going, you know, Tony sucks and the company sucks. And she just said that she didn't really feel comfortable. And this was part of the reason why she, she had left. And, you know, she, when you listen to her comments and it, she wasn't, it didn't sound like it was coming from a hateful place. Whereas Tony's reaction definitely sounded like it was coming from a hateful place, or at least a spiteful place. Um, there's just he could he could defend himself. I wouldn't get upset with him for defending himself, but there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, and he did it in the complete wrong way. It was really weird too because like he like slammed her at the end of his point. Like he was making you know I guess I guess you could say he was making some fair points. Like hey we're we're pushing some African American wrestlers. Like he's a, a minority, um, and you know he there's things he could like hang his hat on like hey you know if you look at minorities like Karo Shida had the belt for a year we're giving more time to other wrestlers um but yeah he kind of did like the the with the wins on tv in the past month and then oh yeah big swole <laughs> you're not good enough yeah um, like, like just, in the same tweet yeah it was very i mean not even strange like i it, it was immature it was unprofessional i this is not what you would expect from somebody who is the ceo of a major company. Like, mm-hmm. forget wrestling companies. He's the CEO of a major company. Uh, he he can't act like this. And I don't know if it's because he's never had experience, you know, at, at 
managing anything of this level, but we've talked about his kind of his leadership style and his leadership qualities in the past and how I honestly don't think he has many good leadership qualities. Uh, when you, when you listen to him talk about the success of the show, everything is, I did this, me, 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 me. I did this. I did this. I booked this match. I did this. Isn't this great? Look what I did. But anytime something goes wrong, it's either not his fault or it's not a fair criticism or it, it's the person's just outright lying or they suck in the ring, <laughs> I mean, whatever it is. Like it just, it's, it's excuse after excuse. And I worry. I mean, I, I think the show has been good. I think the company overall is in a, is in a much better position right now than I think anybody thought they would be in at this point in their, mm-hmm. their life cycle. And that's a credit to him. Yeah. But I worry about his ability to, lead that company and lead that locker room when he acts out like this. Like there was a a level of immaturity in the way he responded that surprised me, even though it does, it doesn't surprise me that he got upset about what she said because he gets upset about everything. Uh, The level of immaturity in his response surprised me because it, it it really, I mean, I know I've said this like three times already, but it, he came across like a petulant little kid who got called out for doing something and went, oh, really? Nuh-uh. Like, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And then just to mm-hmm. insult her at the end was really, it was kind of sad. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 something like Vince McMahon like never really does. Like you never hear him say like, 
oh, I didn't want this person around because they weren't good in the ring. <laughs> like, uh, like that's that's going to have an effect on her career, you know. Uh, there's not like many places where you can like still earn a full time living, and like one of the second most powerful wrestling promoter in the world says that. I mean, that's going to carry a lot of weight. Um, so yeah, and the thing is too, like, and also if you do something, like, apologize for it. Like, so he's he can have his points for whatever, but he should like still apologize for the tweet. Just be like, yeah, that was not a good way to handle it. I'm sorry about that, but he yeah. can't even do that. No, 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 no. He doesn't apologize yeah. for anything. Nothing's ever his fault. Um, I mean, and this goes back to the way he handled the exploding ring thing from last winter. What did people really expect? It, or then it became, it wasn't our fault. It was the company that we hired. Well, you hired them, Tony. Um, you know, he just, the, the lack of accountability is amazing. Because so, somebody who's a good leader, you, you can take, you, you can praise yourself for the positives, right? But there are, there's also, uh, there's times where you have to, to eat some crap, you know, and you've got to take responsibility for the negatives. Not everything's going to be great. And, and he just refuses to take responsibility for anything that's negative. And the lashing out is, is troubling. I mean, if I worked in that company, I would be concerned. Like this is the guy who's in charge. Like this, this is the guy who's the leader here. Uh, He can't even take the slightest bit of criticism. We talk about Vince McMahon and how, you know, he gets upset when people sneezes and everything and how just absurd it is. Well, I think the fact that Tony can't take even a little bit of criticism criticism is equally as absurd. (laughs) Um, You know, even if, like you said, even if he believes he's right, he has every right to defend himself, but do it in a way that isn't going to disparage her because she didn't really disparage him in her comments. Yeah. You know, she called, she, she outlined her perspective Right. In a very eloquent way. That's not what Tony did. Maybe Tony's perspective is she sucked in the ring. That's not what he had said earlier in the summer when he was pushing her, by the way. Um, but there's a way to, to kind of argue his there's a way for him to put out a statement and defend himself in a much more, I think, uh, professional and elegant, elegant way than the way he did it. You know, all he needs to do is release a statement that says, Something to the effect of, and I'm just coming up with this off the top of my head. Um, you know, I, I it upsets me that that was her experience. Obviously, you know, here uh, here in AEW, we're trying to be as inclusive as possible. Uh, we've given uh, major pushes to Jade Cargill, Powerhouse Hobbs, and you can even name a couple of the names. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry that that she that she feels that way. I'm sorry that's her perspective. I would love to have a dialogue with her at some point about it. Done. Yeah done you've defended yourself you've said you think that she's wrong and you're willing to have a conversation with her about it it's all you had to say if you're gonna say anything i think that's what you say you don't say look at all the black guys i've gave wins to look at all the black women i've given wins to and she sucked in the ring (laughs) watch rampage tonight oh i forgot about that part yeah um yeah, I mean, this is a terrible tweet, and uh, you got to imagine like people that came into the company, like CM Punk and Brian Danielson. Like, <laughs> that's probably not the guy they thought that they were going to be doing business with. Um, but we have seen him do stuff like that before. Um, a couple months ago, when he was like questioned about, um, I think like women wrestlers in the company, and he like cut off the female reporter. Yes. And basically, like ran down like all this stuff, and just it, it was the exact same like defensiveness. Um, instead of like at least listening, like, again, like you can disagree, but like at least like hear the other person out 
Uh, he yeah. isn't willing to do that. And, and I think at some point too, I mean, this may, this may sound, this may sound bad. I mean, it, it may come across in, in the wrong way, but he at some point needs to act like he's bigger than the criticism. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he, he should be, you know what I mean? Uh, you don't want to ignore it, but I think the reason why you don't see Vince McMahon reply to every critique and every criticism that's out there is because he just acts like he's bigger than it. And, and there's an element to that that I think someone in his position needs to kind of have, you know, you need to have a filter. You can't necessarily explode anytime anybody says anything negative about you. Uh, you need to, reply and get your your point of view out on the big things and kind of look a person in his position is going to have a lot of negativity thrown his way that's life if you didn't want that don't start a wrestling company uh just like i would say you know to any type of celebrity oh you don't want your personal life uh, exploited and picked apart and, and shown on television and everything else well don't become a celebrity <laughs> don't become a movie guess what people that star in movies are going to be falling around by the paparazzi that's how it works i'm sorry uh so he needs to at some point accept that he's in a extremely powerful spot within the industry and start to act like it you know and start to act like he needs to start to act like he is a ceo in charge of a major company and not just some guy who's still you know writing wrestling shows in his notebook and can't take any criticism like he reacts to everything like he's on a message board yeah i mean the thing is too is like weird is like if you compare him to other people uh who have owned companies they haven't done anything like that i mean look at joe Coff, uh dixie carter scott demore uh ed nordum nord uh, i'm blanking on his name you meant yeah, yeah, yeah. Nordle, uh, Nordle. I think he had it right, Nordle. Yeah, but, like, they don't go on Twitter and, like, lose their mind with people, uh, trash talk them. Um, it, like, go back to, like, when Karrion Cross had problems with Impact. Like, you didn't see management going on Twitter and being like, Karrion Cross sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't want him around. Uh, his work in the ring was terrible, so I let his contract expire. <laughs> Watch Impact tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and of course, Vince McMahon. I mean, he probably never actually tweets uh, on his own, but yeah, nobody, nobody else in the industry seems to be doing that. So, um, and I, you might, you'll probably know more than I do, but like, I'm assuming like most like NFL owners are doing that sort of no, thing. No, no. Um, so he's he's in his own unique category, and I don't know if it's just like due to his age or, well, and definitely like some insecurities he's had going on. Um, but it's yeah. not a good look. It's not a good look. It's yeah. not a good look. It, and it. It makes me think like and it's it's gonna it's a privately held company, so this is never gonna happen. But every time there's a story like this, and every time he has an outburst like this, I think they need someone else to run the business. He can still book the show, but I think they need someone else to run the business. And I don't know if that's you know, it's not gonna be his dad, but an associate of some kind. I mean I would imagine it's going to be really hard for them to grow the business and grow the company with outside interests, whether it's television companies or merchandising deals or distribution deals or whenever, when these power players in business, whether it's TNT representatives or whomever, you know, when they watch and maybe they're not paying attention, maybe I'm naive and they're just not paying attention to the stuff like guys at Turner and stuff like that. But if I'm the president of Turner broadcasting and I'm like, wait a minute, 
we're paying you how many millions of dollars a year and like this is how you're acting on Twitter? Like for real? Like grow up. You know, I think he's going to lose a lot of respect from some of those people. And I don't know that it's necessarily – it's not going to cripple them, but could it cost them some deals? I think it could because I think there's going to be some people that just don't want to deal with them. Yeah, it's – it's like such a weird thing because like he didn't need to get into it like at all and i mean just the fact that he again he he could have just let this all slide (laughs) like he brought it upon himself and he's yeah it's definitely like making uh it's hurting like his reputation i'm sure within the industry like it's not going to destroy it at this point or anything but like imagine like you're an african-american wrestler in wwe like you're thinking of going to aew like (laughs) that's probably not gonna help your cause like him doing that no one way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. Uh, let's look at, at what Big Swole had to say, too, because she made, like we said, she kind of made two separate points, um, one of which I agree with, one of which I think Tony still has his defense. Even though I agree with her, I think Tony has his defenses, and, and we can go through those, or, or has, a, has a legitimate defense to her point um the other one i actually think she's wrong on and i want to start with that one she talked about the lack of structure how and i don't have the direct quote in front of me but in paraphrasing um she criticized the structure backstage how there's not a team full of writers and if you can't if you can't write for yourself you don't get on television and you know some people are a little more shy and are not you know, as willing or as able to write for themselves as, as other people are. And that was a, that was one of her criticisms. And I would actually say that that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the fact that they don't have a team full of writers is good. The fact that talent is generally, you know, uh, asked to write for themselves is good. The cream rises to the top that way. Uh, and I don't, you can argue whether it's, maybe it's not the best structure for her. You know, maybe, maybe she uh, would struggle in that type of environment. Maybe she's, she doesn't see herself as being a you know, creative person as far as writing storylines and verbiage for promos and things like that. And she wants to be able to work with a writer. Well, that's, that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. But maybe the structure of AEW is not the structure for her. You know, and mm-hmm. there's... Not every wrestling company needs to operate the same way. You know, WWE has the team full of writers and people writing for all those guys and everything. That's that's how they do it. Tony's structure is I'm gonna give I'm gonna book matches. I'm gonna give you some direction, but you're kind of left to to come up with a lot of your stuff on your own. And I think that could be good too. It's just it's different. It's not necessarily bad. It's just different. Uh, so that piece of the criticism I think is one that I would disagree with. Uh, and it's also one that is, I don't know that there is, I would disagree with her point. I, I think that the way that AEW does it is, is the better way in my opinion, but also, you know, it's a hard thing to criticize because it just, they have a different structure than maybe some other wrestling companies do. I don't know that you, that one could say it's good, bad, whatever. It's just, it's different than WWE, for example. And that doesn't necessarily make it wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just like the overall philosophy of the company, like more like the bullet point structure that they're like, these are the key points you need to hit in your promo, but otherwise like go out there and, and do it. And I don't even know, like if Tony Khan's like providing a lot of bullet points to wrestlers. Yeah. Um, but like, that's just kind of what wrestling has been since the beginning, you know, until Vince McMahon took over and, and brought in writers uh, after really after like Russo and Ferrara left and everything became even more scripted. Um I, I think, yeah, I think that's just like part of the business. Like you got to find your own character and you got to be comfortable, like speaking, uh, at a certain level. Um, cause like, honestly, do you want like Tony Khan writing promos for big swole? Like, no, no. no. like, <laughs> like he shouldn't be doing that like for anyone. Um, so that one, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with like, eh, like I, I'm sorry that you're like uncomfortable doing that, but that's the, just the overall like philosophy of that company. Exactly. Like I, I think what it means is, she may feel more comfortable and may have more success in the WWE system. Mm-hmm. It just, the AEW system is different. Yeah. You know, ultimately I like, I would prefer if I were working there or even as just a viewer, I prefer the AEW structure and, and system because I think like you said, it allows talent to speak for themselves. And I think the talent can speak for themselves better than a writer can speak for them. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Big Swole, Big Swole knows what Big Swole would say in a certain situation more than Joe Smith, the writer, does. Um, maybe she prefers to have help uh, from a writer, and, and maybe maybe that maybe she's looking for a balance, right? Maybe there's just well, I, I don't want necessarily a script, but I want someone to kind of help me work with, work my way through it. And there's no writers there to help with that process backstage. Mm-hmm. That's fair, you know, that's fair. But I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with basically telling your locker room, you're going to sink or swim on your own. If you're good and you come up with good ideas for yourself, you're going to keep getting on TV. If you're not, you're not. It's the way, I mean, I'm a big fan of Saturday Night Live and, and have listened to numerous interviews on kind of the structure of that show. And it's the same thing there. I mean, the talent there and the writers are writing their sketches and they have to pitch them. And if they don't get their sketches on the show, they're probably not going to be on the show that week. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of how it works. Uh, you know, if you're, if your ske- sketches aren't funny and you're not getting yourself, you know, kind of booked on the show, you're just not on the show. Uh, so it, it's kind of the sink or swim mentality where I don't, I just, I don't think that's wrong. It's different than WWE. It's different than maybe she prefers, but it's not, it's not wrong. So, so that piece of her, of her criticism of the company, I would just disagree with because I, I don't know that it's necessarily there's a lot of shades of gray, like in how a company can kind of put that structure together. Mm-hmm. But I, I prefer AEW's structure. I think it's the better structure. And at the end of the day, she may not prefer it, but it's just different than what some other companies do. It doesn't necessarily make it wrong or make it bad or make it something that they need to fix. And I feel like that's something Tony Khan like actually could have essentially like hit back against but in a nice way like if he, like, oh. if he came back and critiqued that part of what she said i would have no problem with his reaction maybe depending upon how we worded yeah. it obviously yeah i mean just something to the effect of like well like that's you know th- that's not what we do here like this is more of like essentially like improv like you gotta you gotta be act on the fly yes. um like this just wasn't the, the the wrestling environment for her like i wish her luck wherever she does go like you know, say something to the effect of like, you know, wrestlers who are here, like enjoy that freedom to like talk in their own voice. And I don't want to be writing for anyone else. And I don't want to hire anybody to 
uh, write for anybody else because like I believe you know wrestlers the best promos like come from within and like an extension of their natural like self uh, which wrestlers have said many times over the years so yeah I, if he had gone against like that point I would have been like yeah that's that's fair and then the other part of her point is was the lack of diversity and, and honestly I mean let's be honest you and I are probably not even the right people to have this conversation, right? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I, I was born in rural Minnesota. <laughs> so like, yeah, I would say it was probably ninety eight percent Caucasian. Where I that's what I, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. I, and I'm the same way. You know, it, yep. it's we're we're not the right people to really have an in depth conversation about this. Um, yeah. And I think you know, I can't. I, I don't even. I don't even think we can speak to her perspective because she gave a very personal perspective talking about her daughter and how she watches the show and said, you know, she didn't see a lot of herself on that show. So she watched WWE because she saw Bianca Belair and, and people that looked like her. That's a unique perspective. It's her perspective. It's a perspective that I've never really had to have myself because, you know, how many times am I watching a show going, oh, there's not a lot of white dudes on the show. I mean, come on. Um, you know, it, it, so it's hard it's hard, I think, for us to to go into a lot of depth about mm-hmm. this. But but what I think is interesting was the reaction from some of the people on the roster, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the difference between Leo Rush's initial reaction and Powerhouse Hobbs' initial reaction. Because I do think Tony brings up a decent defense to what to what she said. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs has gotten a push and has gotten a lot of opportunity, despite the fact that he's so green. And Jade Cargill, another one who's very green, as we've discussed, uh, is is getting a big push in the women's division. Uh, there's also the other thing that I think is important here is there's been a lot of people who have been added to the roster over the last six months to a year: Punk, Danielson, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. Down, you know, blah 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 down the list there hasn't really been an african-american free agent of a brian danielson or a cm punk caliber for him to hire you know jay lethal is probably the closest one and i mm-hmm. think there's criticism to be had there with jay lethal because they brought jay lethal in they signed him and pretty much ever since they signed him we haven't seen him and maybe yeah. that's by design. Maybe he's going off and he's going to be repackaged into something. Maybe it's by design. I don't know. Uh, but that's kind of the one. If I think if Bobby Lashley were on the market right now and Tony could sign Bobby Lashley and he did, Bobby Lashley would be at the top of the card. I don't know that he'd be the champion, but he'd be at the top of the card. Or I think he'd be pretty damn close. Yeah, I, I agree. So like, I, I don't, I don't know... If the criticism is the lack of diversity in the kind of the main event picture, I don't know, even going back to their inception, that there was a lot of of African-American talent for him to sign to put into those spots right away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, John Moxley and Chris Jericho, it, those guys needed to be at the top of the card when they started the company. It's part of the reason why they got the television deal they did because they had recognizable names and everything else. Uh, the the talent that they had hired, I mean, Powerhouse Hobbs is going to be a project. You can't just thrust him into the main event. If he was, if Powerhouse Hobbs were in world title matches, we'd be sitting here every week going, what the hell are they doing? This guy isn't ready to be in the spot yet. Yeah. You know? So there's, I, I think there's a process that they're taking with some of that talent to try to get them into those positions. Uh, 
and I think if if he had the opportunity to sign, you know, the, the one I keep coming back to is Bobby Lashley because he was kind of a free agent. I don't know when he signed with WWE, um, but if he had the opportunity to sign someone like Bobby Lashley, or Big E was suddenly a free agent, right? I think he would sign them and push them to the same level that he's pushed Jericho and Moxley. It's just it's been two years and he hasn't had the opportunity to do that or i guess almost three years now uh and he hasn't had the opportunity to do that you can support us on patreon and get these shows with ads and plugs removed the weight keller processing podcast weight keller processing post shows and the pw torch daily cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed plus a few bonus vip shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. I Yeah, and I would also add like Bianca Belair and like Sasha Banks, I think if they were available. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 for sure. They would be uh, major stars too. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you would just have to be like, well, who would be that? that person um and like you said like bobby lash i think would be high up there or like you know even like kofi kingston and xavier woods if they were free i think they would get you know like notable pushes on tv um so yeah i mean but like you said it's like a really tricky area to begin but like also um like uh nyla rose too i wanted to like add her oh yeah that's a good even think of her yeah um, so, I, I mean, you can't like say there's no like representation because like, obviously like Jade Cargill is in the finals for yep. the TBS title. Um, and even going back to the beginning, I mean, he didn't win the world title, but Scorpio sky had a pretty big world title match, like within the first eight weeks of dynamite. Yeah. And he was the first, uh, one of the first take, or he was the first take team champion. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so it just, it there, I don't know. I think if there was an opportunity to do that with somebody like a Lashley or somebody, and again, I keep bringing up Lashley because he was a free agent probably around that same time, although I think he had already signed with WWE mm-hmm. by the time uh, AEW had started. I'm going to try to look that up. But he would have been a free agent you know, not long before that. Yeah, he saw, he returned to WWE in 2018, in April of 18. Okay. Um, and they didn't start promoting shows until the summer of 19. So he had, he had been back with WWE for about a year before AEW launched. But had had it been a little bit sooner? Because he, he left Impact in 2018. Had he stuck around with Impact for another year and he had the opportunity to bring in Bobby Lashley in the, the fall of 2019 as Dynamite was ready to premiere? Bobby Lashley would have had world title matches. Bobby Lashley may have been a world champion at this point in AEW's run. I'm not sure. Um, but he didn't have the opportunity wasn't there to sign that guy. And okay. I think the guys that they okay. did sign, whether it's Scorpio Sky, Powerhouse Hobbs, you you needed to start them at a certain point and put them on a path to maybe getting themselves to the point where they're main event one day. Like we said, a lot of the talent is sink or swim based upon what you can come up with for yourself and, and whatnot. Um so I think that they've got some guys that they've put on a path to, to hopefully getting there one day, but it's a process and it's still a relatively young company. Um, and powerhouse Hobbs and his reaction, I don't know if you saw what he put on Twitter. Uh, he had, he had defended Tony and praised him and said, you know, he's put me in a lot of big spots despite the fact that I'm so raw <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, and, and he had listed them, you know, and he enlisted them. So it's, it's an interesting conversation and I could certainly see where, and I'm not going to say that anyone anyone's perspective is wrong. It's not, especially when the company at its launch talked about being very inclusive and, and everything else. Um, 
I, her perspective is that they haven't they haven't gotten to the point where they're in- inclusive or diverse enough. Yeah, I, it, it's a really tough thing to to kind of like gauge overall. But I mean, it, you can't like say Tony hasn't done nothing, you know, or he's like going out of his way to like not push, you know, minorities or anything. Yeah. Uh, he, but I mean, it, it's it's part of the problem too is like just it's an embarrassment of riches at this point because like like you said like cm punk is there brian danielson is there <coughs> kenny omega john moxley exactly and are they supposed to not sign those guys like of course not or yeah or not like feature them at yeah, the very top to. of the card yeah, yeah. they have to mm-hmm. um okay let's move on <laughs> cody versus sammy guevara has been announced for battle of the belts so that'll be one of the championship matches on that show. Of course, the world title match is going to be this week on Dynamite, the first one that's going to air on or air from or on. Yeah, not from on TBS. Yeah. Uh, um, reaction to Cody versus Sammy Guevara's rematch coming up at Battle of the Belts. I think it makes sense. Also, uh, Cody had in an interview said he's going to be taking fans on a bizarre ride. So we'll I think it's already been pretty bizarre. I don't know about you. Uh, I would say it's been exceedingly bizarre <laughs> for the past yeah. two years or so uh, for him. Uh, but, yeah, no, that makes sense to do the rematch. I mean, it's still like Battle of the Bells just doesn't feel that big. Um, it doesn't. And it's Saturday. And it's Saturday. And it's <laughs> one hour. That's what caught me <laughs> off guard today. I saw the, the graphic for the hour and I went January 8th. That's the Saturday. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, just yeah. in my head, I thought there was another week. And I mean, just like, I, I mean, imagine like buying tickets for that show and there's only two matches announced and everything else I'm sure is just going to be like squash matches that are going to be on dark and dark elevation. Um, yeah. So it doesn't seem they're that appealing to actually be there in person, but uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like a strong start for their uh, quarterly, uh, like big live, <laughs> what does WWE call their <laughs> premium, premium live events? Yes. For, for, uh, AEW's premium live events. It doesn't seem like a hot start. Maybe they'll, maybe next time they'll put more focus on it because you know, they had to start things off with TBS. So just kind of bad timing for them overall. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of it, right? I mean, we talked about this, I think last week where, what are they supposed to do? Uh, if you've got the world title match, I think the, the move to T- the move to TBS and making sure you, you do a big number the first night on TBS is a lot more important than doing a, a big number for the first um, Battle of the Belts special. So, if yeah. you've got that world title rematch and you've got to put it on one show, they should put they should put it on the first Dynamite on TBS Wednesday night. That makes sense. There's I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Yeah, because I mean they're going to want to do like a million plus viewers on TBS or try to and i'm sure they'd be like over the moon if they do uh whereas like no matter what they do they're probably not going to do a million people uh on a saturday night at 7 p.m for one no, hour no, I don't uh, so. yeah so that makes sense uh what did you think of of well, actually before we get to that also advertise the only other thing i've seen advertised for dynamite this week and it's early we're recording this on monday this week instead of tuesday uh mjf was advertised at a match no opponent was named but he's apparently going to wrestle on the show i assume they're gonna, there's going to be a furthering of the mjf CM Punk storyline as part of whole, uh, part of that whole thing, but we will have to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he's uh, Punk is going to get involved at some point, maybe not week one in MJF's quest to pick up some wins. Um, but yeah, you you would think they would have like a couple more things announced. I don't think they need to like lay out the card every single week. And I'm assuming Hangman and, and Daniel Bryan is going to go at least 40 minutes. I would be surprised if it yep. went less than that. Yep. Um, I mean, they just won an hour, so. 
Yeah, so they went like 12 with like three judges there. Probably a little let down. Would it be funny, though, if they went like 15 seconds? <laughs> Just like somebody rolls up the other. Just to set, yeah, or someone hits a finisher, like bing, bing, opening, like Danielson charges Hangman, Hangman hits a hits a, lar- a buckshot lariat, one, two, three. You know, these matches can end at any moment. You've got to, uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I would be for that, actually. I wouldn't I think be opposed would, to yeah. it. <laughs> that would be something you would, like, remember forever. As much as I want to see the, the another classic match, right, I think there's times, whether it's boxing or UFC, where you tune in to see the classic fight, like, oh, this is going to be a huge match. Like, the one I'm thinking of is, um, I think it was, was it Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo, maybe? There was a as Conor McGregor was coming up. I'm going to look it up right now, uh, and kind of making his way up into the title picture. There was a big fight he had. I think it was with Jose Aldo. Let me try to find this. Uh, and it was, it is. It was Jose Aldo. It was. It was when he won the featherweight championship for the first time. He won the interim championship uh, right before that, but when he unified the interim championship with the full time championship. Um, 2015, December of 2015. He's fighting Jose Aldo, unifying the interim and in, in full-time featherweight belt. Huge fight. Jose Aldo was by far the biggest opponent that Conor McGregor was going to have faced up to this point, and Conor landed one punch, knocked him out in 13 seconds. <laughs> Crazy. Like, yeah. cr- and I remember that being a, like, I watched it at a friend's house. We were all like, oh my God! It was like this crazy, crazy thing. Uh, went home watched all the 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 post-fight stuff i think it was still on youtube at the time or on fox sports one or something the press conferences and everything else i was like what it was just it was crazy you know and it was a big story at the time because he knocked out jose aldo in 13 seconds so i wouldn't you can't do it all the time but every couple of years someone happens to catch somebody quick hey it's a fight it's a fight just because the last one went an hour doesn't mean this one can't go you know, a minute and a half or 30 seconds. With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps, but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute You'll get a link and you click on it and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP exclusive podcasts and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership pwtorch.com slash go VIP. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and we think it's worth it. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. I feel it would be like a star-making moment, too, for like Hangman Page, just like put a, a giant exclamation point um, on that entire like storyline and uh, uh, with Brian Danielson. So I would... Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, you're not going to want to do that for your pay-per-view main events when people are, like, putting down 50 bucks and you have control over, like, how it goes. But for a free match on TV, yeah. like, yeah, I'd say they should do that now and then. then you'd have to do it to open the show. 
Yeah, I guess it's like, wait, what, right? what would you do for the other 20 minutes? Yeah, <laughs> and you can't wait for the main event to go into the ring. Like, what, are they going to send the main event to the ring at like 9.55? And you'd be like, wait a minute, what are they doing? Like, oh, yeah, the show yeah, ends yeah. in five minutes. Right. Uh, <laughs> so you'd have to do it to open a show. But yeah, I think it'd be, it'd be interesting. Um, the other thing I wanted to get your opinion on was, did you watch the street, the women's street fight from Rampage the other night? Whew. Sure did. This one's generating a lot of reactions, some positive, some negative. Uh, what were your what were your overall thoughts from the street fight? Uh, I mean, it, it I think it did what it set out to do, like you know, get get fans to respect uh, kind of each of those four competitors more, because especially like the Bunny and Penelope Ford haven't yeah. been doing much of oh, a yeah. note. Um, however, like this has been such a terrible feud that I wished would have ended like two months ago. It doesn't seem fitting for that. Um, I think you save your big bloody, uh, spectacles for when they really count like Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa type, uh, and not just like a total opening mid card feud to, uh, to mm. blow that off. What'd you think? So I had not thought of it that way, but I think you're correct. Um, I, I looked at it more through the, the lens of what are they going to do next? You know, particularly like, like you said, with, uh, with the bunny and, and Penelope Ford, does this bring them to a new level or is, is one of them going to be challenging for a title at some point? Mm-hmm. If it does that, I think it's a positive. Um, and I, th- and I thought, you know, up until 30 seconds ago that that might be what they're doing. And it might still be what they're doing. Um, but I do think you make a good point that generally speaking, you want to save, especially ones that uh, matches that look like that with that amount of blood, you want to make sure that they, that they're booked not so frequently and also with a feud that warrants it. And I think you're right. I don't think that this feud obviously warranted that type of match, but if you just look at the match in a vacuum without the, the buildup, without the storyline behind it, Oh my God, they kicked the living hell out of each other. <laughs> like yeah. it, it was, a, it was entertaining. I, I, I was very entertained by it. And I think people criticize the amount of blood people have criticized, um, People have criticized bleeding in women's matches, which I, quite frankly, don't understand. I mean, it's a fight. Sometimes people get cut. It's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, in a vacuum, I thought it was a good match. Overall, though, I think your point about maybe the the the, the blood not fitting the feud is legit is, is a legitimate legitimate concern. Yeah, and I agree with like you know the match being entertaining. Like I was pretty much like <laughs> glued to it throughout. I. Seen. I didn't watch it until um, Saturday. So online, Same. I saw a photo of um, the bunny's face, like just filled with blood, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I can't believe they yeah. like that's what's going to happen in that match. And man, yeah. that was uh, maybe the most blood. I mean, outside of Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, uh, and I, I would say it's comparable level. Like that's about the bloodiest I've seen a wrestler in AEW in the past uh, since its existence. Yes, I would agree. And it's yeah, and it's for a, a rampage match. That wasn't even the main event. It was no, uh, I know. Yeah. But I, I respect know. it more, so, all of them, and it was the most entertaining match I'd seen from all four of them. Uh, let's get to emails. We've got quite a few here this week, so we'll blow through them. Last week we only had like one, so I think I guess uh our our emailers came back. Well, we only got three this week, but they're all they're all good emails. Um okay from people that we know. So uh, Alex in Minneapolis is up first. He says, I was totally wrong with my prediction that Tony Khan would have Sammy Guevara be the guy to endorse Cody. Instead, he had the balls to give Cody the belt and have the AEW social media intern turn off replies to the celebration tweet. 
No way. I didn't notice that. That's really? awesome. <laughs> if that's true, that's awesome. Uh, given how the last few months have been, it's probably best. Uh, the NXT calls have been done with as it would have been unfair to put an overworked HBK uh, to be asked to, to be upfront, to be taking upfront questions of the obvious. Uh, do you guys see Fox, NBC Universal, or even Warner Media picking up the tab on talent contracts when w- with WWE and AEW respectively, the way that Spike TV did for TNA? Uh, P.S. Andrew, you should sway Mike into eating canes. It's amazing food and puts Chick-fil-A to shame. Thank you for <laughs> the great year of entertainment. Mike's real-world experience is what I enjoy from this podcast. <laughs> um, do you think that NBC or Fox or Warner will pick up tab for talent? I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening either just because the, the amount of money that's involved now is so un- ungodly it's high. Insane. And really, what was it? Spike did it for Hogan, right? And, and, and some of the other big names, I think? Sting they did Sting. for okay. years. I think it was like half a million Sting was making, which, I mean, doesn't seem like that much, but he was only wrestling like 20 times a year that for say, years. Not bad. They were taping like 12 times a year. Like they would do like a month's worth of tapings once a month. Yeah. Um, so they like chipped in. Yeah. And with Hogan, too. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they probably gave him a few million bucks. Um, whereas like WWE is making 200 million per year just for raw or is it maybe even more than that? Um, yeah. So I can't I can't imagine them being like, hey, can we have 300 grand <laughs> to keep the Miz? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think they would just say no. And, uh, the Canes? I am unfamiliar with this place. Is that a... I don't know. Canes. But I'm supposed to tell you to go to... You're the Minnesota guy. He says Canes. C-A-N-E-S. Or apostrophe S. It's not the big red machine type. Okay. It's amazing food and puts Chick-fil-A to shame. I don't really like Chick-fil-A. Canes. Oh, ra- raising Canes chicken fingers? <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's an egan maybe it's okay that must be it i've never i've <laughs> never heard of this place <laughs> well not, well you have to check it out first and then tell me how good it is i will um yeah i've never spent a dollar at chick-fil-a in my life actually like my, my oldest son loves chick-fil-a Ugh. it's just i don't find it very good uh yeah i feel like it's okay the times i've had it but not like mind-blowing um whereas like yeah like you around here maybe it's the same where you live but if you drive by one just the uh the line it's packed it's insane yeah it's everywhere unbelievable. how is it like that across the country like every place for that i don't know that there was uh this is going back like 10 years now but the first sonic that opened like within a Ooh. 400 mile radius of of mm-hmm. my house opened not too far from me uh about 10 years ago and no joke there were three hour waits for like a month and a half Jeez. You'd, there, there'd be a half a mile long line to get into the parking lot. <laughs> they had a police detail outside of Sonic for almost two months to deal with the traffic. It was crazy. That, that's insane. Although they do have delicious ice cream, so that one I can understand. I mean, no, you can drive it now whenever you want. But it was like when it was the hot new thing and we never had a Sonic. And, yeah. and all of a sudden we had a Sonic. It was like people were coming from like hundreds of miles away to go to the Sonic because there was not one even close uh in, in the area it was crazy do you, do you have a white castle near you um i i don't think so the, the closest one i think is probably down in like the connecticut or new york area oh that's a huge guilty pleasure for me but the closest one is probably 25 minutes away really I, i've only been to a white castle once 
Oh my god, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been once. Uh, the only thing we really have around it, like of the big kind of chains that advertise all the time, mm-hmm. uh, it's just the big ones, like McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King are the only real fast food places that are around. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Also, welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch and at the Wade Keller. I don't have a Taco Bell in my town, and that kind of makes me sad. We have a few Taco Bells, but you see a couple of those, but it's not real prominent. You'll get a KFC every once in a while. There'll be one that'll pop up. I mean, we're in New England, so there's a Dunkin' Donuts every 800 feet. Uh, it's ridiculous how many Dunkin' Donuts there are. There was no Dunkin' Donuts uh, it kind of in the Midwest for, I mean, maybe like in Minneapolis, but like every place I lived until a few years ago. Now now they open up all over the place. Like, so <laughs> I, I hear you. The amount of Dunkin' Donuts in New England is insane. I'm not joking. There's times where it's like you drive a quarter of a mile and there's another one. And then you drive 900 feet and there's another one. It's like how, how are all these places staying in business? I don't understand it. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> very off topic. But yeah, it's kind of crazy how they like became a cool brand. Like they used to be like a, j- a joke. I know. I, li- I like them. But yeah, they used to be like Ugh, Dunkin' Donuts. And now it's like, ooh, they're, they're cool. I don't – They're. I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't start drinking coffee until I had kids. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's the only – it's really the only coffee that I like. Wow. <laughs> there's only a couple of places that I'll I mean, I'll make coffee at home, but there's only a couple yeah. of places where I'll get coffee. And most of the times, I'll make hot coffee at home. If I'm out and I'm getting, like, coffee at a restaurant somewhere or at a place like that, I only get iced, even in the winter. Oh, I, yes. I, I just got iced coffee yesterday. So, um, I got 10 times better than regular coffee. And I do like regular coffee. So Yeah. But I'll go, like, Dunkin' Donuts is good. Um, I actually don't like Starbucks. The regular coffee or just like anything? Starbucks? The regular coffee. Um, People think I'm had, nuts for that around here. I had, crazy. Yeah. I just don't have very discerning taste when it comes to coffee or like beer. It's all like relatively the same to me, yeah. sadly. I, the one place around here anyway that has really – and they probably get a different supplier out in the Midwest, but – Around here in New England, all McDonald's gets all of their coffee from a company called the New England Coffee Company, mm. and their iced coffee is really good. <laughs> and I've had a couple of people are like, "Oh, you get iced coffee from McDonald's?" I'm like, "Yeah, I do because I, I like it a lot. It's good." And I've had a couple of people that I've convinced to go get it, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is unbelievable!" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I've been telling you this." Like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's not bad. I I, I doubt that it, it's the New England Coffee Company. I doubt that they're supplying coffee to all the McDonald's around the country, um, but around here anyway, it's good coffee. I'm jealous because like I I do get their iced coffee a lot, but it is just like a giant sugar dump. Um, well, see, I don't even get sugar in it. Ooh, you just say like. I'm, I'm a milk only. You say, give me a nice coffee, but only put milk in it? Yeah. To McDonald's. And they do yes, it? And they do it. Yeah. I didn't know they could. I didn't know they just had straight up milk there. I guess they have like, hmm, I'm going to have to try this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like sugar in my coffee. Um, I'm just a sugar fiend, but I realize I should cut back. So <laughs> you, you may have just added a few months to my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat sugar in other ways. I just don't like it in my coffee. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. Uh, Eli is up next. He sends us an email. He actually sent us an email with the Tony Khan tweet. Uh, he said, mm. short version, yikes, you didn't have to tweet that. Long version, this just adds evidence to the idea that diversity and listening to your diverse talent is a problem. Instead of just acknowledging the comment and apologizing, he gave uh, these sort of token examples and buried her on the way out. A future Endeavors tweet would have been a, would have been classier because if this is why they left the, co- the contract expire, I expect QT's contract to come due soon, and we all know that's not happening. Anyway, just wanted to send this over to you guys and get your thoughts. I mean, obviously we discussed it earlier, but yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Um, if he let his her contract expire because her work wasn't very good, well, there's plenty of other people in the company whose work is worse. Uh, yeah, completely agree about that. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, QT is probably <laughs> last few weeks here, although no, he'll be there for another decade. Uh, Zach in Texas is up next. Um, he said, I had her send in an email because I'm utterly stunned at the turn of events. I mean, 24 hours after Tony Khan's juvenile outburst. Mm. Yeah, well, I would agree, Zach. I mean, I called him a petulant child earlier. Uh, Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID. Get well soon, Roman. So Brock got added to the WWE title match. All Vince McMahon had to do, the absolute bare minimum, was to come out of this weekend looking almost human, was to not pin his black champion. So what does he do? He has Brock Lesnar pin Big E. As a result, Tony Khan looks like a hothead with no impulse control who doesn't undermine his black talent, while Vince looks like a 75-year-old ghoul who lives to do just that. (laughs) To use a football analogy. Tony Khan had the lead inside 90 seconds, and all he had to do was run out the clock. Instead, he fumbled the ball in his own 20. Vince took it and immediately threw a pick six to end the game. <laughs> even, when, <laughs> even when Tony Khan pops off and says something mind-bogglingly stupid, Vince does something dumber and actions speak louder than words because, as I said on Twitter, words are instantaneous while actions take deliberate implementation. Tony Khan cannot lose for winning. Tony Khan cannot lose for winning. Zach in Texas. Well, I would just say I think they're both stupid. Uh, yeah, I, I would go with that. Yeah, Tony uh, was dumb uh, to do what he did. I I watched the, the day one premium live event, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I expected Brock to win. I, I, I think, let me put it this way. I think had the original match stayed in place the way it was, I think Big E probably retains. I yeah. think Brock won because he was added to the match. Yes. And it throws this uncertainty of, well, what's going to happen now that they can play with tonight on Raw and with other shows moving forward? I don't know that for sure, but that's my guess. I mean, the thing that like struck me, um, and I'm sure, and I know it's been pointed out a bunch, but like the fact that Brock was the one that ended Kofi's reign in like eight seconds. Ooh. And then uh, a few years, and Kobe never got a rematch. And then a few years later, he ends uh, Big E's title reign. So, like the fact that he did it twice while he's a oh, an extreme part-time wrestler, that it is a really bad look for them. And I know, like, I'm sure the philosophy was like, okay, like the fans are going to be let down, so we got to give them something big. Um, but this was. yeah, probably not, probably not the best move to do right now. I don't, I don't know, but like. It's also on them because, like, who would you have like Brock fight? And it that's on them because they don't have any stars. So, yeah. Like, so here's here's what I would do. I, I I would say the biggest match that they have right now, besides Brock and Reigns, and and it was clear during the course of that match is Brock and Lashley. Yeah, I want to see Brock and Lashley. Yep, I will tune in to watch Brock 
and Lashley fight. Um, we saw a little bit of it in the five way. So if this is a way of, of getting, and we'll see, I mean, Raw's on as we speak. Uh, if this is a way to getting to Lashley versus Lesnar, bring it on. I can't wait. I think that'll be awesome. You could make the argument that you could get to the same end location by giving Lashley the WWE title and not Brock. But you you could make that argument. I don't know that I would necessarily agree with it because Brock was chasing Reigns. So if Brock doesn't win the WWE title in that match, what does he do? He probably just goes back to SmackDown to face Reigns again, right? Mm-hmm. There would be no reason for Brock to kind of stay in the picture. If the idea is we're going to get to Brock versus Lashley, Brock probably had to win the title in order for that to happen. And if that's the end game, I'm really excited because I want to see that match. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I I think and probably a lot of people have wanted to see for years. Um, like even when Lashley was in Impact, <clears throat> it seemed like a, a pretty compelling match between the two. Uh, but yeah, it, it's unfortunate like how it plays about just because Big E dropping the title like that. Um, but we'll find out soon. Like yeah, like you said, Raw's on right now, but I assume Lashley is probably going to win and get to that match. So I, like it's hard to also like get super angry about it um, if that's how it's going to play out. I just want to say one more thing too. So this, my wife doesn't usually listen to our show, but if she ever does, I want to ask her something I want, and I want this on record. Sure. If, if a, another man and his wife are ever beating me up <laughs> and she's going to come save me, uh, I would like her to do so. Even if her entrance music doesn't play. <laughs> If you don't, did you see what I? <laughs> I I heard about it. I, they, listen, I listened to the review. Uh, poor Beth Phoenix had to awkwardly stand at the top of the stage for 15 seconds until her music played <laughs> before she oh. would come down and save Edge. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that was that seems like something that you would like talk about later in the night. Like, hey, just you got you got me beat up. <laughs> yeah, what were you <laughs> waiting for, Beth? <laughs> Honey, uh, what, what was the problem there? You weren't going to come save. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to seek out that clip because yeah I've just li- I've listened to what it sounded like so yeah yeah I just wanted to know if she ever sees it happening and she thinks she needs to come save me she's a black belt we've discussed this she can yeah. she can kick ass I I don't want her to wait for her music just come that's it just come that's fair enough so now the, the music can play about, afterwards the music can play exactly exactly could be whatever song she wants what uh, what would your wife's theme song be Ooh, putting you on the spot here <laughs> what would her theme song be um. That's a great question. I think what was the what was the the theme the the theme song from Karate Kid? You're the best around. Yeah. I don't know who sings it. But, um. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's, I can picture that. No, it's, I mean, you know, yeah. Black Belt. She was a Karate Kid fan when she was a kid. She's a Karate Kid fan who's never watched Cobra Kai. We have to watch Cobra Kai. We haven't done that. I've never seen that either. Um, I've I've also never seen the Karate Kid movies, which she thinks is stunning. Wrestling fans, if you're looking for a unique and entertaining way to get your wrestling podcast fixed, check out Ring Rust Radio. Ring Rust Radio uses its trademark brand of banter to cover all professional wrestling you love, including WWE, NXT, New Japan, Lucha Underground, ROH, Impact Wrestling, and more. We also hold sit-down interviews with some of the biggest names in the history of the business, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Trish Stratus, AJ Styles, and Roman Reigns. For those of you who want their wrestling with a perfect mix of serious analysis and comic relief, 
Find Ring Rust Radio dropping every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. I've seen the first one. I haven't seen it since I was like six. And I, I, I was one of those people that wanted to do karate because of it. And then I got super bored <laughs> <laughs> after like two lessons and quit. Uh, I did it for like a month as an adult. And it wasn't for you? Well, my kids were doing it. And they did it. They were doing it at the same uh, studio where, where she was taught by the mm-hmm. same teacher, by the way. Oh. And he had said to her, like, you should get back involved. You can teach classes. So she got back involved a little bit. And then she was teaching some of the classes. She goes, you, you should. Wow. She goes, you should get involved. And I said, uh, okay. <laughs> like, it looks fun. Well, I'll try it. Yeah. And uh, it, it was. She was. She's a black belt in Taekwondo. So it's more kicking than punching. And I'm not a kicker. Sure. I just, you know, I'm not very flexible. <laughs> it's it, yeah. It's it's not easy. Not much of a kicker. Uh, more of a, I, I don't mind punching. Like I think I think I could do good. I think I'd be good in a boxing class of some kind, uh, or oh. something that requires more hand to hand combat than feet. But in sure. any event, she uh, she actually we actually sparred each other a couple of times, which was awesome. It was a ton of fun. She kicked the living hell out of me. Like um, you put on like the the headgear and stuff. Oh or? yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, my mother-in-law has a video of it somewhere. Uh, she was like, you know what? She goes, you can do whatever you want, and I'll just kick. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you sure about that? Yeah. And she goes, yeah. She's like, and I and we weren't like, well, she was going all out. I, I started to like hold back a little bit at the beginning. She wasn't really doing anything, and I was kind of like, in a boxing stance through a couple of jabs. I think I hit her once or twice. And then she just, she hit me with a kick on the side of the head that I didn't, Jeez. I didn't see her foot coming. Like I didn't know her foot had left the ground. Yeah. And all of a sudden I just got rocked and I was like, Whoa. And I, it rocked me to one side and I got back. I, I didn't go down, but I kind of got back up and I was like, okay. And we had like the, the body armor gear on too. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay. And, I, and she's laughing and I'm like, all right, like this is good. And I think she knew that I wasn't very good at throwing kicks and I probably wasn't going to throw any kicks. So I kept trying to dart in to throw like jabs or hooks. Mm -hmm. And every time I did, she would either land a kick to my body or land a kick to my head. And after about three minutes, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) I think I've touched you twice. I'm getting the crap kicked out of me. We're done. (laughs) Yeah. And we did it a couple more times too. It was fun. She, She used to tell people it was really good marriage therapy. Just put on the sparring gear and just go out there and beat the crap out of each other for a little bit. Yeah, that's not nice. Yeah, well, uh, I, I you beat the crap out of your husband. Let's face it; I wasn't doing, I wasn't getting in much offense. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was the same. I signed, up, I signed up for Muay Thai classes a few months back, um, and I was I, like, joining the class. I'm like, oh my god, every single person here could kill me in five seconds, and that's just a scary thought. Uh, and then COVID got really bad, and I'm like, well, there goes my hundred dollars a month. <laughs> like, I'm not going. There's a jujitsu place down the street. I would like to try that. There's a, down the street from my house. There's a, a Brazilian jujitsu studio, and I would like to because I've I don't even know if I've ever talked about this. I've had three knee surgeries Jeez, on my know. left knee. I've had elbow surgery, three surgery. I've had one surgery on my left elbow. I've had two surgeries, one on each of my wrists, and I've had three left knee operations. So I'm kind of banged up, and. I, Anything that requires a ton of like moving, like bopping around and moving around my feet is really hard because of my knee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to learn, like grappling looks like fun. Like that looks like something I can get into. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, like kind of the, the place I go to, they do um, jujitsu after that. And I feel it's like something I would do once and realize all these people could kill me in five seconds. Oh, I'm sure I get choked <laughs> out like crazy. Um, but yeah. Even it, it's like, like a, yeah. It's like an older like an kid, experience. like 17 or 18 years old. Like we were old, like not adults, but like definitely bigger. We weren't like, you know, eight, uh, yeah. a group of friends that I all watch wrestling with, uh, his, one of his sisters, uh, we would all go to this one kid's house and one of his sisters was a, a gymnast and did a lot of gymnastics. So they had like their whole basement was, was mats. So we would just go to the mats and just like, grapple each other and we oh, put, each, awesome. put each other in chokes and try to like it was ufc was just starting to come out so like i was trying to guillotine people and we were just messing around but yeah. it was a, i remember it being a lot of fun and, and i used to get you know you'd get some guy you know i'd get my head kneeled on at one point or something like it wasn't like it, you're coming out scots free i think you know there's a couple of bloody noses in your ears like oh your ears are getting ripped apart um and i did i saw and i did wrestle two years in high school and that was a lot of fun so like i think oh. i think Jiu-jitsu is something I think I would have fun with. Like I actually, I think I would enjoy it, um, but I don't know. I've never tried it. I say give it a shot. So, as long as I don't fall apart, I need. A, I actually need a knee replacement. I didn't know this was a thing. This is way off topic, but I, I yeah. I'll share this. Did you know if you have a knee replacement or a hip replacement or a shoulder replacement or, or any type of uh, surgery like that, that the Units that they put in as like the implant can expire. I did not know that. Yep. There's about a 25, at least on a knee, there's about a 25 year shelf life. Because my orthopedic surgeon was like, you're going to need a knee replacement. You need a knee replacement now. But I want you to try to wait as long as you can, hopefully until you're close to 50, so that you only have to do it once. And I was like, what? I go, why would I have to do it more than once? And he goes, it's an artificial knee, it's not going to last forever. If you do it too early, you're going to be like 70 years old and you're going to need another one. Uh, <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound like fun at all. <laughs> so I just, you know, limp around. I don't, I, I don't, that's an exaggeration. I don't limp around, but like it hurts a lot. I can't run. The only thing I could basically do to exercise from like a cardio standpoint is a bike. Like it needs to be super low impact. Sure. But dang. So <laughs> maybe some DDP yoga. You know what? I've actually thought of trying that. I've never have, but I've thought of trying it because of that. I I have um, the DVDs, so I, I've probably done it a couple hundred times over the years. But um, I have the, I ordered the DVDs. We have them. I've never tried. Oh. I've bought the DVDs. They're on a shelf. I'm looking at them right now, and I've never put them in. I, so I, I would give it a shot. Like the the energy one, I think is that's the first level. That's like twenty minutes. So that's not bad. I could do that. Yeah, I would give that a shot. I think it feels pretty good afterward. Yeah, that's what I need. This, I need something uh, that is not going to kill my legs. You know, I can ride yeah. a bike. I can ride that. That's fine. I can ride a bike all day. I, I can. I can even ride a bike with resistance. It's not even. It's. It's the. It's the banging. Like it's the downward pressure of running that just. Yeah. Grew, like I. I did it a couple of weeks ago. I was outside with my kids. We were playing basketball, and my wife. I have a brace that I usually wear if I'm doing anything like that. And she was like, "You get your brace on." <laughs> uh, no i'm like i'm just playing with the kids and she's like don't cry to me tomorrow <laughs> and i woke up the next morning and my knee was the size of a basketball <laughs> and I, she's like are you good i'm like i'm fine i'm not gonna say anything she's like yep because i'm not gonna want to hear it <laughs> i was like i know i'm good don't worry um but yeah i'm like an old crippled man when it comes to doing anything physically active for a long period of time i uh yeah i got shin splints really bad when i was in high school and just like i can't run for very long 
either today. Like it, they'll, I'll just my shins hurt within minutes. So uh, I don't need a knee replacement though, but <laughs> not yet. Ultimately, I, it's probably my own fault. I I tore my knee in high school, and I tore like some ligaments in my knee in high school. And had surgery, and then the then it happened again. So it, it happened once my sophomore year, and then it happened during my junior year. So then I wanted to make sure that I was able to come back and play and play baseball. And uh, I I don't know that I would have gone back to wrestling. I probably would have. Um, mm. But to, just my senior year, I'm like, this is my last year. I want to make sure I can do what I can do. And I remember being in physical therapy and the physical therapist was like, so he was going to do a single leg press. And I was like two weeks out of surgery, single leg press, five pounds, like three reps of 15 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, no, sorry, th- three sets of 15 reps. And I said, okay. And he went off. He's like, I'm going to go do stim on another patient and I'll be back by the time you're done. Okay. And I did the first set at five pounds and I'm like, this is a waste of time. Like <laughs> I, I don't even feel anything. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, moved to 10 for the second set. Same thing felt like, oh, eh, like that's, I don't still not really feeling anything in my quad moved it to 15 and then I don't even know which rep it was on. Maybe like seven or eight pop. <laughs> Everything that the doctor had done came undone. Oh, <laughs> And it was two days later. I was back having surgery again. Oh, um, God, so it was my own stupid fault. Um, but it is what it is. I was a dumb seventeen-year-old kid at the time. Now I'm yeah. a dumb thirty-seven-year-old man. <laughs> 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 but because of that, everything I was trying to make sure I could get back to do stuff my senior year. And because I was an idiot, I ended up doing nothing my senior year because I was on crutches for most of it. Oh damn. So that sucked. What also sucks is almost just squashed AJ Styles <laughs> two minutes. Oh, for real? Oh, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. I have it on, too. I wasn't paying attention. I'm looking at the highlights now. Oh, I just I, I like saw – well, I saw them come out, and then I just saw the ending. And I'm like, that wasn't very long. So they, I, I mean, before the show, we were speculating about like how that would play out. And, uh, yeah, they, they see – Really big things in Amos. Well, maybe if the house show matches they had weren't going very well, they just decided let's keep this one as short as humanly possible. Yeah, let's instead of like let's give up on the guy that's not talented. How about? Well, I was going to say, yeah, if you can't have a good guy. match with AJ Styles, you probably can't have a good match with anybody. Yeah, like who? Who do you have? Yeah, exactly. Like who could he possibly have even a passable match with that Great has colleague. to go longer than? <laughs> 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 like you could not put him in a five-minute singles match. Yeah, I mean, you'd ha- you'd have to literally do this over and over again. <laughs> WWE creative humor on tra- on Twitter just said, "Looks like we found a greater Kali." <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny. Uh, all right, Andrew. Well, I have nothing else on the docket to discuss. Is there anything else you want to discuss before we get on out of here? No, I don't think so. Big, big. Uh show this week for dynamite so that'll be fun looking forward to tbs and the uh the rematch so yeah well we'll have plenty to talk about next week i'm sure i'm sure uh where else can people find you uh you can check me out on the other podcast i'm on that is the unexpected storytelling podcast that is brand new monthly horror comedy stories we are 
I apologize. We are late this month. Oh, unacceptable. Yeah. (laughs) But there should be one coming out uh, soonish. Otherwise, we're, yeah, usually the first, like, week of the month we release uh, an episode. So be on the lookout for the Unexpected Storytelling Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Torch McMahon. You can email the show, alleliteaftershow, at gmail.com. Andrew, before we go, prediction, Hangman Page, Brian Danielson, who wins on Wednesday? Uh, Hangman Page. I'm going Page as well. We'll see if we're right or wrong, and we'll talk about it next week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week here on the All Eat After Show. Thank you for subscribing to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we got a whole lineup of other shows called the PW Torch Daily Casts. It's free. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app. A different show on a different topic throughout the week, including shows dedicated to AEW, NXT, MMA, Ring of Honor, and more. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app or check out links to the latest shows at our main website, pwtorch.com. A lot of you listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows who haven't watched the TV show we're talking about. A good way to catch up on what happened on the TV show is with my VIP exclusive Wade Keller hotlines that follow Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In fact, as soon as I wrap up recording the post shows with live callers and my co-hosts and our on-site correspondents, I send that off to the producer and then I record the Wade Keller hotline running down Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. And it's not only a full rundown, a thorough rundown of what happened on the TV show, but also my analysis of the key segments and matches throughout the show, including opinions that I don't express on the post show. So as a VIP member, you can listen to that hotline first, which runs 20 to 40 minutes, and then jump into the post show with full knowledge of what happened on the TV show. That's just one benefit of being a VIP member. Another benefit is when you listen to the post show, the ads and plugs will be removed. So change up the way that you listen to our coverage of Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown by starting with a VIP Wade Keller hotline and then flowing into the Wade Keller post shows throughout the week. Go VIP pwtorch.com slash govip pwtorch.com slash govip rates start at nine dollars and 99 cents a month or get a full year for just 99 dollars. you can also get the weight color hotline through our patreon tier that's just six dollars and 99 cents a month details on that are at patreon.com slash pwtorch vip